I actually told a coworker today that I was <laughs> I was contemplating using PTO today because I just felt like there was no way that I was going to really be able to show up for work in an appropriate way, given the episode that we watched today. Dude, I was about to actually um, say, you know what? Let's sleep. Let's go to work. And then let's be well rested at work and then watch Boba Fett after work. And I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Do you have a yeah, fever? I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, like, I'm just going to go to work knowing there's an episode out there I haven't watched. Yeah. What if somebody off somebody the who comes casually, up to you? Yeah, yeah, casually comes up to you and says something. Yeah, what if a casual <laughs> fan knows more than me? I'm not going to let that happen. Now, I would say for uh, dear for you, dear listener, if you don't realize, Aaron has on his right arm, I believe maybe it's on your left arm too, but I believe your right arm has. Is it right? Am I? Oh, okay. Right arm has an <laughs> has has enough Star Wars tattoos that a random person could come up to Aaron and, and say, spoil it, spoiler things that would be full on a distraught triggering kind of a thing. So I oh, can understand yeah. for you, for you, for sure. Right. That you're like, I'm just it wasn't trying even to get about my coffee. The fact that I flag the people out there. <laughs> like it's not even about the fact that I have tattoos. that makes it look like an open invite. It's just, I don't want some casual person to know more than me about this. True. Like, imagine your favorite team wins the Super Bowl and you don't find out till 12 hours later and people are just walking around knowing yeah. that. No, exactly. <laughs> I well, could never let. And you also you sent me a text like at 6 p.m. That's like Dave Filoni uh, directed this one. So I was like, well, now I know it's going to be good. <laughs> well, I was like I was in uh, I was like, oh, this this better. You know, like I was in this better be good mode, which. Yeah. Uh, and then I was I actually contemplated. I contemplated whether or not I should just stay up and watch it uh, at midnight. And I, I was like, I even contemplated whether or not I could set my VPN uh, up to route Disney Pl or so that I could fake Disney plus into thinking that I too was British. Was I was looking up the same thing. I was like, how do I let them think that I'm British? And then yeah. the other side, I was like, you know, if this was some kind of Cobb Vanth episode that I know that I could just wait 12 hours, then maybe. <laughs> Then maybe, right? And then, guys, is this the way? We're going to use this clock right into the episode. <laughs> Opening scene of this episode, Cobb Vance shows up. Yes. And I'm like, of course it's a Cobb Vance episode I can skip. Because if we, if you've been listening since <laughs> season two, I thought Cobb Vance was wasting my time this yes. entire time. So we're going to start at the top. And we're going to say that I, we first saw moisture farming. Yes. And not so only, I was like, not only yes, that, nice. the sound, uh, like, I think, I feel like the sound design was really, really nice in this too. Um, especially for folks that have gone to galaxy's quest because Gal or, or galaxy's edge, not galaxy's quest. Great movie though. Um, but at galaxy's, yes. yeah. So the sound design, at Galaxy's Edge, the Disney Park, Black Spire Outpost, I believe, um, does have, no. I, be I believe they have some of the moisture uh, collectors and evaporators that, that yeah, they do. We, we start with, right? And these are an analog to uh, to Western, uh, to actually the windmills that you see in Westerns. So I thought it was really a cool place for us to start. Or Palm very, Springs. Very Nebraska of <laughs> of the Outer Rim. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's a little bit of farming. We come on down. We watch some pikes. I don't trust them. Right. Yeah. And, and they're up to no good. They're doing a, a spice deal. Yeah. It, and then Confidence the shows up to make me mad, to be like, hey, you guys stop your business over there. And I was like, they're more interesting than you are. You stop your business over there. Um, but they also, the pikes have the good old ice cream maker. Yeah. So they're like, the here's our credits. Yep. It's enough for the spice. So we got a full drug deal going on. I'm loving it. And then Cobbanth is like, no, like you guys are gonna keep them moving, or you know, I'm gonna just kill you. Kills all but one. You're the smart one. Yeah. He gets the spice, even though the guy's like, the spice is worth more. And he's like, well, maybe I'll retire for it. And then he just spills the spice all over. Yeah. All over the sand. And I was like, nice, pretty. Yeah. And then we get the title scene. 
uncorruptible, right? So Cobb Vanth yeah. here, he flips it over and we get that sort it's of It's true. Stand, we see that morality tattooing. means more. Yes. And so it's uncorruptible. Also, we see him realizing I could kill them all, uh, but then mm-hmm. no one will deliver the message. And that is a bit of a call to chapter one where uh, where Fennec is like, I only need one of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, for Nightwind, right? But I, I thought that was a, a nice little bit. And then before we, uh, I think... I think the speeder is a variation on the speeder that Han uh, has in, in solo. solo. Yeah, correct. It's, the front grill is a little different, but I think it's very, the rest of it is, is very, very close. Very much so. And of course, Cobb Vanth is from the second season, first episode of Mandalorian. Yes. And that episode is referenced a lot. And if you guys have listened to the whole series, it's the episode I have rated the lowest out of the entirety of the series. Totally. And now that they've brought it through to mean more at the end of this, I'm going to bring that up. Yeah. You know, like all of a sudden I like that episode more because now it has more reason. It's like uh, we've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. It's the difference between just seeing Jimmy Olsen once and realizing that Jimmy Olsen has a whole backstory and that we're going to be involved and interested in him. Totally. So yeah, title screen comes up. From the desert comes a stranger, which makes you believe we're talking about Cobb Vanth. We'll get yep. to that bit later. Ooh, and of course, that. it is directed by Dave Filoni, who we mentioned earlier, who I believe this is his first time dealing with Star Wars. Is that incorrect, Andy? It's incorrect. I think this yeah, is <laughs> this is I think this is his um, I think this is his third episode might be it. But it, but he had directed uh, the episode with Ahsoka in season two. And for so, everybody who doesn't know, he's the mastermind for why Mandalorian totally. is good. Yeah. And of course, he's the reason that the Star Wars cartoons got unreasonably good. There were yes. so many reasons that they didn't need to be good. And he really put his heart and soul into it to the point that he now controls all of Star Wars. He's our new George Lucas. He is. Yeah, he's something to be admired in the Star Wars Yep. world now for, for sure and also trapper wolf uh cameo he's cameoed as the character trapper wolf uh start the the star pilot for the x-wings that we've seen um but yeah he um he was i, I don't know what his his beginning role was with clone wars but uh the clone wars animated series that ran for seven seasons not the like sort of samurai jack inspired one but the the one that started i think it was in 2010 maybe 2011 so about 10 years ago 11 years ago um, he he was really the driving force behind that, and then the the other notion is that he he's he seems to be the the Lucas whisperer. Uh, in other words, that he is able to sit and talk with George Lucas and then get his ideas and then help reform them and, and put them out. And yeah, he helps keep ways. Star Wars Star Wars and to keep Disney yeah. out of it. He's yep. found this great middle ground. Yep. If Rebels, it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have any reason to do this podcast because we wouldn't be that excited for this. We would totally. just watch this out of pure spite. It would be like if we had a podcast for the Ewok movies or something. Um, well, that's what was going on with Star Wars before him. Is you yeah, got stuff totally. like that where you're like Battle of that's Endor, true. and you're just yeah. he turned it from that to Mandalorian. So now we go back into the episode. We see Din Djarin's starfighter, yep. and it's coming down onto a foresty planet. And I'm telling you, there was probably about 90 seconds of r2d2 before i went hey wait a second that's r2d2 he's not in this show i'm just so used to him being in star wars he's beeping and blopping and i was like wait yeah he's from the original if you guys don't know who r2d2 is he's in the rest of star wars all of it yeah (laughs) anywhere the action is he is yeah exactly and he was in the last episode of mandalorian and so you go oh andy said we're not getting grogu but apparently we are i know this now yes I was and wrong. So he sits there exactly, and he talks to the droid and goes, "Hey, I want to talk to my Grogu. I want to see your Luke Skywalker." And I'm like, "Cameos, cameos, right?" <laughs> and then R two's like, "Oh, here we have these ant uh, robots that are yes. painted like me, and they're building <laughs> a stone structure, <laughs> and they built you a bench. Sit down, you old man." And we find out that he, they're building the Lucas School of the Arts. We'll call it. Yes. <laughs> which has much lore yes, i was like so andy my question to you on this is is the lucas school where he taught his students where kylo ren learned the force the same island that he was hiding in in episode oh. eight yeah so okay. in, in last jedi so the the 
the architecture is remarkable. Like, so, you know, in this episode, we see these androids. Um, I don't think we've seen the androids, at least um, in live action before. Um, but we get that, you know, like get a chance to see that they're assembling uh, a sort of igloo, stone igloo structure. Mm-hmm. And um, and so what's not clear at the moment is, is this the same planet? Uh, so is this Ajahn Klaas, which was a, or the moon of Ajahn Klaas was where he had done some of his training for Leia? Uh, or mm-hmm. is this uh, Elfrona or Elfrona, which I believe is where the site of the temple that we see it burning in Last Jedi? So yeah. So anyway, this is this is a so we we see silhouettes of it um, in the in the fire. Um, this in the flashbacks, I think, in Force Awakens, and it's also highly yeah. heavily heavily in um, Last. In yeah. Last Jedi. So I was like going but through all that, same. and I was like, yeah. oh, could that be? Is that? Yep. And of course, R2 being the foreman of the ants, he falls asleep because the ants are already doing their thing. They found their rhythm. <laughs> then Jaren's talking to him and he gets to the point where he goes, you know what? I'm out. I give up. And then Jaren takes a nap. Yeah, well, I love it. And if you show up to school, uh, like this is this is trying to this is trying to highlight to people. If you show up to school unannounced, you are going to have to wait. Yeah, which they get into why they were doing this mysterious thing with him later, which yep. I love. And so our next cut shot is we have Grogu meditating with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And so I go, yes, here's the cameos we're waiting for. And the CGI, of course, as everyone's already mentioned, is much better than it yeah. last was in chapter 16. Light years better. Light years better. So that I think this is a credit to uh, warp you, drive I, better for people who want to get really mad. Yeah. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> You're mad that I Star Trek referenced in here. <laughs> It's at least two parsecs better than uh, it was in, in chapter 16. So I think that that there had been you know some discussion about the the YouTuber who was doing um, deep fakes of Luke uh, from chapter 16. I think his name is Schmook, and they had hired uh, they had hired them to to join the the squad. And so for sure, I think that there were a few there's a few spots where. Um, where it it did look a little bit off, but I think the important thing was that you were able to like it looked like Mark like it, it looked like Mark Hamill and it wasn't distracting. Uh, I think that's the yeah. thing that we've seen. There know, was a point even in the chapter sixteen where we're like, oh, is this a Jedi that looks like Mark Hamill or is it yeah. you know like and then he's like, oh, I'm Luke Skywalker. Like, thank God, he said. Yeah. Um, and this year, there's no thank God. You're like, oh yeah, there is. There's Luke Skywalker. I will say his mouth is a little uh, video gamey when he's talking. Yeah. But yeah. all things said, I don't care. I'm watching guys fight with lightsabers. I'm happy. <laughs> and something that I do care about is they bring back John Williams music when they have Luke Skywalker around. Yeah. And so all of a sudden there's a frog jumping. Frog is captured by the force because Grogu, of course, cares yeah. about his eating first. Yep. He's on a strict diet of always eating. And so he's got the force theme playing. He's playing with the frog in the air, trying to eat it before Luke's like, Grogu. And then they let the frog go. And then he's like, oh, yeah, here's 16 frogs. You only captured one. Idiot. You know, that was such a great like, oh, you want to be distracted by one frog. And what I want you to do is sit here and train your mind so that you could have all the frogs. Oh, see, no, I saw it exactly the opposite. We were like, if you're going to get Grogu's attention, you got to go, oh, oh, you're thinking small ball here. I'm thinking big ball where we get all the frogs. You want the eggs too? Look, you don't have to move. So now Grogu's like, oh, I'm tempted by all the frogs. Yeah. Well, and I also love to, you know, uh, at least a reminder that Grogu is still a child. He's going to be distracted. You know, this is, uh, you know, Nice to, and nice to see again another one of these Cyclops frogs uh, that we saw in uh, in Jabba's palace that was being yeah. cooked by uh, the, so by the sous chef droid. <laughs> yeah, as but, a fan of the Muppet movie, it was horrifying. <laughs> You're like, see, this is why Kermit dates a pig. So, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> then Luke takes Grogu on a walk and says, "Hey, you remind me of my master Yoda," and I was like. Yeah, we all have been calling him Yoda this whole time, you know. He, <laughs> but he's like, he speaks in riddles, and it's he goes through the whole size matters not as the thing he used to say. Yep. And 
and then was like, oh, yeah, that was an important lesson for Luke to learn because size matters not when he's training this young Jedi. He's not going to treat him like he's only three pounds because it matters not. He knows what something of this species and size can do with their power. Oh, I really thought for a moment that we were also going to hear Grogu speak backwards. I actually thought that too. I thought there was a moment where we were going to get to see or hear Grogu's first words and, uh, yeah. or at least kind of, you know, something more approaching a la- uh, like language, like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, like instead of just Grogu coups. Right. Cause we, you know, yeah, I thought we were going to get something, you know, like some words we didn't. And then he goes, Hey, remember your home? Do you remember what happened that stunted you because he kind of made this like just sort of like just inflected that he might be stunted in his progression yeah he definitely got through something super sad and then he touched grogu's head and at first i was like oh we're gonna see grogu deal with it and then we're like oh no we get to witness it yeah and i i was surprised about that too i thought for a second we were going to get just a um sort of at least like a, a, a motion transfer with what was going on but then we get uh we get a f- like a flash dream sequence really similar to the dream sequence that anakin sees in uh in revenge of the sith uh, similar yeah. way that they they use the effect for that yeah and so we see the the 501 legion and we see the the jedi purge yeah, so that gives us almost a direct moment in the prequels when the clone troopers have now switched over to killing the Jedi's and they're just killing a bunch of them. And Grogu well, it, was a part of that. Yeah, and so you know the big so so when we start thinking about the, you know the so you you know you invoked uh, uh, Last Jedi at the beginning, uh, the best part about a lot of the things in this episode is we start to see the things that people have been sort of debating about whether or not we're going to see, and so a big we don't we still have some unresolved questions like. Uh, from from this but you know how did Grogu survive uh, order 66 or was he there at the Jedi temple so we at least know he's there at the Jedi temple we don't know who saved him yet we know his place there we don't know if he saved himself through some powers but we also know that the Jedi found it important to make sure he's okay and why we aren't told yeah why aren't we told that's a very that's a, a super super great question it it looks like grogu is in a pouch uh if you look at the the sequence it looks like grogu is in a pouch um when he's looking at that and so it makes me think that he's likely on the front of or the back of someone um that you know has him and so there's a lot of Mm. uh, rumors about the librarian we see in in episode two jocasta new might have been someone but you know like again we try not to speculate too far but it does look like he's he sort of is like in some sort of Star Wars version of the baby Bjorn um, uh, being carried. And so sure. my, my guess is that that will I mean, I, I suspect we'll see more of this. But also at the same time, I, I appreciate that they didn't show too much. Of course, we have so much more to learn. And of course, we want that so badly. Yeah. Like I want it to be a reward every time we learn these things. But it also makes me think that Grogu has even more that we don't know about. And oh, yeah. I like that. And of course, now they come back into place and he's like, oh, yes, the galaxy is a very dangerous place. And you're like, yeah, it's wars. Yeah, We've been watching Star Wars for years. We know it's dangerous. He's aware it's dangerous. He's been watching these things. Actually, the weird part about him is he likes it. <laughs> sure. And uh, no, just a little is. fun thing about when he first started walking through the forest, all cute baby like there was yeah. a couple hops that were really big. And I was like, oh, Grogu is doing this now. He's learned how to do this. And you can see that it's Luke Skywalker doing this for him. Yep. And it's uh, super cute. But at the same time, you're also like, we're going to get to a point that this is just how Grogu moves around. He's not going to move around like a baby with a dumpy diaper anymore. Yeah. And, and, and you know, he, you know, you could say that he might move around like that if it didn't, uh, if it didn't exhaust him so much. Right. And so Correct. There's, a, there's a little bit of, of, you know, how much can you do at the level that he's at? Um, and it was definitely great shot though, right? Because you see that you're, you're seeing your, you know, it's shot from Grogu's level. And mm-hmm. then it isn't until you flip forward and see them from the front that Luke is using, using the force uh, to bring him along as they're walking. Yeah. Cause apparently skipping leg day is a Jedi tradition. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point we have Din Djarin resting on a bench startled by none other than Ashoka Tano 
which yeah. is the exact moment I go. And this is why Dave Filoni directed. Yep. He doesn't let anyone touch this character but himself, but also he's kept this character flawlessly awesome and such a huge cult following that it's like, you know what? Great. Absolutely. If his wish is that he makes sure. No, I didn't either. And it was such a reward. And you also knew because he was directing and she's in it. it, It's the rest of the episodes taken care of. We're in great hands. Uh, And so she goes through and explains that she's an old friend of the family, which is because uh, she was friends with Anakin, we'll put it that way, lightly. Yeah. But a lot of the Clone Wars cartoon was about her relationship with Anakin, who was her teacher. Yeah. And and I love is- that line. I really, really love that line. It was a great, it was a great little Jedi misdirect. Uh, uh-huh. And, and you know, like the, the original, you know, like the mistrust, um, I thought, you know, was, uh, was, was like a, you know, he's kind of, that's, I should say, her being cagey set up a really great conversation and interaction between them. And it really started with that line. Very much. And it really is important. You know, like the reasons they're being so cautious with Grogu is because of both of their interactions with Anakin. Yeah. And she references it a lot, but never directly. And so that's a fun thing that if you're unaware of that and watching it now to know that she is referencing Anakin a lot when she's talking is, uh, is really fun. It's just fun to listen to her do it like a regular person. Well, and the, and the dialogue is written in a way that it, it has it, it cuts both ways, right? Because the dialogue is sufficient enough to move the plot along and establish the characters without you having to know any of that. And you get this super great benefit of every line, every word, the way that it's phrased has this different weight as a result of what you know and that yeah. you're in on. So exactly. And then of course, he's Ginger Orange just doing the regular thing of like, well, you didn't want to train the baby. And she's like, Master Luke's training him because I didn't not, I wasn't sure if it was because Master Luke kind of beaconed to her that he wanted to or that uh, Grogu beaconed to her that that's what he wanted or if that's just what cosmically happened during their time with each other. Well, the, the irony, I think, is her answer directly mirrors the situation they're currently in. Correct. Uh, and, I, and I thought this was interesting, right? So what I think she says is Master Luke, which I thought was great to hear her say Master Luke. Uh-huh. I, think, I think she says Master Luke a couple different times, but that was one of them. Yeah, she does. Master Luke uh, chose to train Grogu. So uh-huh. what I, I think is it, that's a nod to is that Luke received the beacon from the meditation that, that on the stone in the old temple uh, in the tragedy yeah. that was chapter 14. And so Luke had the Luke was able to answer the call. The difference with Ahsoka is Uncle Buck uh, um, Mando shows up and is like, hey, here's this kid. Are you going to take him? Like, uh, yeah. will, will you train him? Right. And so he was he was Mando was putting her in a situation that she wasn't comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that was the, the interesting part. Right. And then Mando's presence at the temple. Same exact thing. Mando's yep. putting putting um, them in a situation, um, so I, I, that's how I I took the the exchange. But you know, like I think you could, like you said, I think you could see it a little bit different. But I'm pretty sure that's the that that's at least how I think they're trying to to get us to take that. Yeah, and then we have a great conversation of Mando being like, "Hey, why are you here?" And she's like, yeah. "Well, I'm here to ask you the same thing." Because at this point, we realized that R2 had called her over because it's like, "Hey." Yep. Uh, the Mandalorian showed up. And the Mandalorian just like, I'm just here for a gift. And she's like, your connection with him is too strong. You guys have a bond, and Jedi's don't have those. Yep. Although the Mandalorians kind of are tribish, not even tribish. They are tribe. They're yeah. tribal. They have tribes. Yep. The Jedi's are not. They're singular. They're without bond, without tribe, because that has been a problem in the past. Anakin Skywalker, who she knows very well, yep. who has created bonds. You know, Padme. Yep. That 100%. has led him to the dark side, and she's like trying to say that they don't want to lead this child to the dark side so they want him to be away from his bonds yep and she explains that very well to him although it is enough that the star wars fans get they they feel like they know something other non star wars fans know the casual fan doesn't know exactly what she's talking about that's exactly what she's talking about that's what our show is all about is explaining i was just gonna say and that's what we're getting you into dear listener yeah exactly and there's like yeah no she doesn't want them to do that but then it was just like she kind of makes it his choice like, hey, yeah. look, there he is up there in the training. You can see that he's at peace and he's going through this. 
did you want to interrupt this or do you want to do what's best for him? Is this yeah, about so what's best for you or what's best for him? And it was really awesome that Mandalorians thought for a second and went, no, no, give this to him. The whole point is to give this to him. He doesn't need to see me. And then he leaves. And of course, as he's leaving, Grogu watches the Starfighter go away, which is a ship he's never seen before. Yeah. He doesn't know the ship, but he definitely knows the presence of Mandalorians there and like reaches towards it and it's sad in the face. And nobody likes a sad looking baby. No, they don't. They don't. But, you know, he deals. He deals and he's like, we know that they're going to get this, which I thought was immediately going to be like, Ashoka just throwing the thing. I'm like, hey, here you go. You got a <laughs> yeah, gift. Exactly. Here. Uh, You'll somebody, never so, guess from who. Yeah. Somebody dropped this by. Um, so, you know, like last uh, last episode, you, you did hear some people say, you know, hey, has 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 Mando uh, has Mando as a as a character sort of regressed. Right. You know, yeah. with the, what we were seeing in the return of the Mandalor or the Mandalorian episode. Um, I did love when when we see a bit of Din trusting droids and him kind of looking over to R2 uh, when he realizes that R2 knowingly misdirected him away from. Yeah, exactly. Didn't take and he's him. like those droids. I knew it with those droids. <laughs> also, the fun thing about this is that he was like, it's his Mandalorian right to have this Beskar. Yes. And um, Ashoka realized how much that weight had. And so she was, that's the reason I think she even accepted the gift at all. She didn't want yep. him to even leave the gift. And he was like, no, it's the Mandalorian right. And yep. so it's even like, okay, even if I can't give this to him, it's not mine to keep. Yep. And there, With, there's a, a little bit of the honor code that we see from, from Ahsoka acknowledging that, right? That the, mm -hmm. this idea of the honor code. Um, and then for, for real quick, just as an aside, right? The, the, the armor of uh, Mandalorians uh, is passed down through generations, something we've seen with the Boba Fett call in chapter 14 about the chain code, something that Sabine Wren has talked about in Rebels about mm -hmm. how the armor may be shaped and molded to my specifications, but it's been in my family this whole time. And, and so this idea, uh, the, the interesting thing to me is, now, this isn't going to be called, and none of the characters will actually know about this, but we as uh, as viewers know that this gift doesn't exist if Ahsoka hasn't given that spear to Mando. Exactly. Uh, she gave him the best car that turned into the, the armor in the first place. Yes. And so she's the one that had the best car as a weapon, which is against Mandalorian code, anyways. Well, she but claimed it, it right? I mean, like that's yeah. like a that's like a uh, you know, we think of it this almost as like a D and D or like EverQuest like uh, kind of a thing, right? She she defeats that Morgan in in chapter I think it's chapter ten maybe, um, but she defeats him and then uh, or defeats her and and you know in essence loots the spear and it's hers, um, so she didn't necessarily use it right, but she defeats the wielder of it and then passes it exactly. Off. Yeah, so, here you go, and he's like, all right, cool, I'm gonna melt this down but also it was neat that he asked to make sure that grogu was protected and yep. in the jedi way they don't use armor to protect themselves they just have a lightsaber and that's enough the force and a lightsaber are more than enough to just keep them protected so she could even honor the protection without even passing this along yeah well the armor thing is interesting right we, we so uh i think it was the last episode i talked about this right obi-wan and anakin wear uh wear pieces of armor not full armor but yeah. pauldrons, pauldrons and, and sort of a shoulder, uh, shoulder neck piece. And so, so there's kind of this thing where, uh, that is a, that is a definitely a choice, right? We see, or I should say that was a signal. I should say that was a signal. They were in war. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was really what that was meant to, to highlight within clone wars. But, um, but you do see, uh, Din Djarin has a, a single pauldron and like a shoulder strap, almost, uh, um, you know, almost all uh, the rock uh, with his tattoos. <laughs> um, nice. So, so there is a little bit of Jedi's like kind of wearing yeah. some, uh, wearing some of the the armor pieces. Um, probably that's for us as fans, so that we can tell them from uh, from a silhouette, uh, which I just want to put in the for put in the forefront of our minds for later discussion. Um, Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it is like you said, it is a break from what we would normally consider the earthy tradition of uh, the robes um, being from sort of spun materials and the things that we see um, from Obi-Wan and New Hope and, and in Phantom Menace, et cetera. Absolutely. And then we continue on with the Jedi training, 
We see Grogu in a backpack and we see Luke using a lot of the same moves he used in Empire Strikes Back when he had Yoda in the backpack. I love flips and all that (laughs) stuff. I was curious. We've all seen the YouTube video, right? Where Disney recycles the motions and dances and they put it in different movies. (laughs) I felt like I wanted to see like if they just directly took that from Empire and just animated it with this deep fake Luke Skywalker. That would be okay. Yeah. If that, that, if that turned out to challenge. be accurate, oh, that would be if that turned out to be accurate, I would not be surprised at this point. Yeah, no, I would for sure not. Um, but it, I I did think that was it was inter- an interesting way of sort of Luke showing Grogu capabilities, right? So because yes. cause uh, you know, like when I was watching this, I was sort of like, okay, what does the student really get out of this? Uh mm-hmm. to to a degree, right? And and I think there was a lot of the training and teaching approach that Luke is going for is, Hey, you should pay attention because this is what you could be capable of. And, and hopefully, or, you know, to a set to a certain extent, it was, this could be how you could protect yourself. Absolutely. And then Luke asked Grogu to jump and we get the most adorable <laughs> two inch jump out of him. He does not what have a cute hops. Little, no, he's not going to be in the NBA slam dunk competition yet, <laughs> but Luke is still training him on it. I thought for sure, like his second or third jump was going to be like nine feet in the air. Yes. But no, we saw the struggle because we still are not getting the payoff of him training. And it is very much like you're going to let the force flow through you, which is very similar to the dark saber where it's like, no, once you learn yeah. to wield this, it just sort of wields itself with you. Yeah. It's an you're trying to force it and you can't just force it. And we get well, we get this like weird spin on on Yoda's teachings, right? Where Mm -hmm. in essence, he's he's saying you're you're trying too hard, right? Yeah. And and we get we get Luke doing uh, we get Luke doing sort of Yoda back to Grogu on that. But Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting about the trying too hard because a little bit of Luke's failings in Empire are sort of almost learned helplessness, where like Luke's like, oh, this is too much of a thing, I can't do it, and where Luke's almost not trying. Uh, and Yoda sort of spurning him on this. Uh, I thought it was interesting in him thinking that Grogu was trying too hard uh, because yeah. we, we get a little bit of, of um, later on, we get a little bit of like, is he trying? Uh, yeah, I that was as a, a comic that happens in standup when the standups trying too hard, you're like, ah, I don't like this, <laughs> but if he's in the right pocket of trying all of a sudden the force flows through him and the audience is just eating out of his hand. <laughs> The other stand-up comic friends of mine that are listening, I'll be very happy I said that and compared totally. them to Jedi's. <laughs> so, boom. So then they get Grogu learning how to rest and balance using the Force. Because as we can tell from his little baby weight movements, he's not a very well-balanced, dainty yeah. creature. But we've also seen where Yoda was able to put down his cane and flip around. And... We actually get to the point where we see Grogu start to do some of the flip arounds and he starts to learn how to maneuver his body and the force to be able to do some flips. And he, we are able to get some of that yes. um, satisfaction of watching him start to learn. And the, the training droid. Uh, uh, so we get the we get the training, the training ball. And uh, yes, and did you did you feel a little bit like Luke maybe should have given Grogu a warning about that? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> Not that it was adorable to watch him shoot himself. I thought it was as a guy who was told my whole life that watch out for parents with guns, they're gonna kids shoot themselves. He's like, here's the thing that shoots you. And I was like, oh good, this is gonna be adorable. Because I had that moment where uh so so a close friend of mine in season one, I was my task was to watch the Mandalorian and then and then text her to let her know that the the baby Yoda was not in any harm and it was okay to watch the episode. Right. That was my, that was my role. And when this happened, I immediately thought about, I might need to text her because this was a little more, uh, a little more traumatically uh, traumatic and unexpected. Um, But then, you know, I thought it was nice to see that and then to see his learning trajectory. And now we get, Oh, okay. He can actually jump. He can actually maneuver himself. As an American, I was like, look, school shootings happen in a galaxy far, oh. far away, too. Oh, what, Andy? Rate, review, subscribe, and say that was a <laughs> terrible joke. So anyways, uh, <laughs> I did think it was actually unfair for him not to have something to deflect the shots with because I have only seen Luke use that yeah. to learn how to sense 
where it's coming from and to block the shot yeah. and to not even have that ability to block it didn't seem fair, but he was learning how to jump out of its way, yeah. which was a great sequence. And no, no, I was very I... happy to see that training droid again. Well, it was, it was a great thing. And that's where I was headed with that. Where I was like, I don't know if Luke really helped him in this one, but I do think it's mm-hmm. great to see him be able to go through that sequence. And then finally kind of be like, all right, I'm done playing. Uh, and then break the, break the, the um, training droid. Uh, and then he basically passes out again so we yeah. you know we get a little bit of this notion of uh he taking protects, a lot he attacks him. he naps he snacks that's what yep. we do as we know about him <laughs> and then when he's sleeping tano's like oh look at well you taught him you know sometimes the student guides the master which yes. nudge 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 listeners are trying to learn all the nerdy background yes. she's talking about anakin yes she is <laughs> <laughs> and uh and how he's kind of taken over obi-wan in the, the end of the prequels and into the clone wars cartoons and i am not super versed in that to know how much she guided anakin during her training either so you you could make the argument and like i this is like well again clone wars has been out for a long time you can make the argument anakin leaves anakin leaves the jedi order as a result of ahsoka having left the, the jedi order and i yeah i i took a little bit of that so again, all of Ahsoka's stuff are these great sort of Eastern mystic lines that really pair well with the environment, the bamboo and this lush green environment. Um, but yeah, I took that as it could mean that Ahsoka actually taught Anakin a lot, which I think uh, mm-hmm. I think is one meaning of it. I think the other is that Ahsoka witnessed Anakin pushing Obi-Wan, which is what, what mm-hmm. I think you're saying, right? Yeah, um, which is what, yeah, that's what I directly took the reference as. Well, I didn't know if there was a deeper meaning even behind that. Yeah, I think it, I think that it's it's this like it could be either, and and I think that folks that that have seen that like Ahsoka was the first to sort of say like I don't think the Jedi Order is really um, all that it's cracked up to be, and and left, and so I you know like a lot of the the plot points of or we we could say that all of Clone Wars is character development for us to feel more of Anakin. Uh, not having a choice in Revenge of the Sith. And so that not having a choice and him leaving uh, really is tied, I think, to, to Ahsoka. Him seeing his yeah. own student leave. And now we have, and Luke's like, oh, I sense the Mandalorian was here. Yes. And Ahsoka's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he brought this gift. And he's like, I don't know what to do about this. And she's like, you got to let Grogu decide. You got to trust your instincts. Yeah. And like, we know that that's the right answer, but we're also deeply afraid he's going to choose the wrong thing. Totally. You know, if we know anything about this guy, he might think there's a snack in there. He would throw away his force training for the right color cookie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he hasn't made the best choices in those regards so far. Although we did see him not eat the frog. So we did see that he is putting some force training ahead of his eating. Totally growth. I mean, and the mm-hmm. other thing too, I don't, I don't know about you, but I was a tad bit worried that Ahsoka wasn't going to give it to Luke. And then uh-huh. we saw that, and I was afraid Luke was not going to actually uh, let Grogu see this or know about it. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure whether that was going to happen either. Yeah. Especially at this point in his training. Yeah. But then we get them saying goodbye to each other, a little maybe the force be with you. Yes. Very iconic line. Well, and then the we get Luke deliver the line that we hear from child Anakin in Phantom Menace to his mom will i see you again right uh ah. and so luke luke asks uh ahsoka that and then again ahsoka very cagey answer like well maybe um yeah but, and then you know before so we get pass- to see if we get picked up for another season yeah exactly hopefully the ratings are good you know if everybody hates this series maybe we won't exactly uh- <laughs> subscribe to disney plus <laughs> <laughs> but i think that there's been a lot of discussion or, or i should say in when we started looking at the the situation as of the force awakens there was a lot of discussion about when will we see luke or will we see luke mm-hmm. um and then the other notion is if ahsoka's alive did luke and ahsoka ever meet and so you know we could this is such a great episode that we could miss out on the resolution of ahsoka and luke met not only did they 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 meet she got to swap authentic stories about her uh, about her experience with yeah, exactly. his father with Luke, right? 
Yeah, and, when he was still on the right side of the force. Yes. Which, which Luke is, doesn't I, have any experience with that outside of right before he died. Totally. And and we get a slightly more reliable narrator than we have in Obi-Wan. And, mm-hmm. you know, Obi-Wan feels like this is his fault. And so what Obi-Wan has told Luke has always been in Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's interest of protecting Luke. But I thought that was a really cool thing that we get to see now. And now that can potentially be a story device for us for the Ahsoka series um, or for Mandalorian season three. But that was a really, really amazing moment that I didn't, wasn't even on my radar for what we would get today. Oh, I didn't think we would get that. I mean, maybe ever. Yeah, I mean, ever. If we would, I thought it'd be like <laughs> late season three Mandalorian. Yeah. Did not expect this in Book of Boba Fett. And so now we catch... Then Jaren flying Tatooine. We see Jabba's palace. He's flying the Starfighter right in. And we're like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess this is Boba Fett's show. You know, (laughs) it'd be nice to see a Boba Fett cameo in this one. I think that was the 20 minute mark, by the way, because uh, I had that moment of like, okay, I loved all this, um, but I also haven't forgotten what I'm watching. (laughs) Uh, And and I think it was about the 20 minute mark that we actually get to uh, to Boba Boba's garage, if you will. Yeah, much like Jay Leno's garage, except they got barges instead of cars, <laughs> which there is a barge in there. Yeah. So the, and of course, a, there was a skiff and then there's the fire spray was in there, I think, um, or at least the two that we see most I- identifiable. I did. Yeah, look, exactly. I did look to see if Boba had replaced the ill-fated plunk droid who was blown up. Uh, I did not get to see one, but we did get to see a Gamorrean guard. Yeah, um, which I love the Gamorrean guards. Yeah. And Morning guard is like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I know Fennec Shand, you know, which is kind of like when you go to a restaurant and they're like, well, you know, I know the, the owner of this place, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You tell the manager. I know the manager, except it works. And he's like, yeah. oh, you know, the manager right this way. <laughs> We've been expecting and they go to a briefing you. room. Yeah, exactly. Where we see the mods who were not very popular from earlier in the season. We see Boba Fett. We see Black Rashant, which I popped for. I was like, yes. Yeah. Black Wookiee. And then we see uh, Mokshaz. And I. Well, we see the major domo, the major domo of Mokshaz. I don't think we actually. Yeah, I don't think we have a name for him yet. I'm sorry. I wrote down the wrong name. Yes, we see the major domo, and I didn't think we'd see him ever. No, no, I didn't either. And so we can see that they have now sort of joined forces and they're on the same side and they're looking at a map to try to figure out what to do next. And the holographic map, of course, because it's Star Wars, which, of course, we get the great line of. that it was a scheduled vacation that uh, <laughs> Moshe yes. took. Yes, yes, it was not to it was not to flee uh, the situation. Oh yeah, or oh, of course, it definitely town. was it not was to a... leave an angry Boba Fett in the lobby. <laughs> it was definitely a scheduled vacation with bad timing. Yes, and uh, we start to figure out what they're going to do with the Pikes, and we start to figure out that what like well, then Jarn's going to figure out where his place in this is. Yeah, and so we you know we get Chrysanthem. Chrysanthem is part of the muscle. Um, you know, we've got, and now Din adds to the muscle. Um, if we yeah. think about this from, uh, from the old school world of Warcraft, right. You, you have armies and you have a hero, right? So Din is one of our heroes, Chrysanthem, one of our heroes. Um, but you know what we're missing foot soldiers. Muscle. Yeah, exactly. And this so he's just like, Oh, Din Jarn's like, I got some foot soldiers. And I yeah. thought, cause they start to show fly over towards the foot soldiers. And I was like, is it gonna? Are we gonna have an amigos, amigos, amigos moment again? Except with Cobb Vanth and his town, and then they fly over the Jawas, and I was like, "Really? The Jawas yeah, was, are not a fighting bunch, yeah, but they I are was, excitable." Yes, I was. I was like, I was like, wait a minute, like uh, the Jawas? Like, I, actually, I, I had a brief moment where I thought the foot soldiers he was going to pull in were going to be clones. Uh, you know, I was and, I was really curious because there was also like, are we going to see Paz Vizla? Like, there's so many yeah. things that we could yep. see. I don't know what he's pulling. Yep. And then we see that. And w- but the Jawas have a very interesting thing on top of their their yes, crawler. They do. Yes, they do. They got they a, have giant, a great dragon skull. Giant creature. And so that also gives us a nice scale. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like when we're looking at it from, you know, sort of of Tuscan and like man-sized nature. I thought it was great to see the scale because the, the Jawa crawlers yeah. have always been so so huge. And then to see that then
can be right. huge and scary. And now they just sort of have yes. the skull up there like they're Mad Max and they want to let the, you know, the Kray Dragons know they know what's up. Even though they're not the ones that really have the armor to go ahead and kill another one. Yeah. But they are still celebrating their victory. <laughs> well, and, and it, that also means that everybody passed, the Jawas got last pick and no one else yeah. took the skull. No one else took the skull, right? Because we see the crate dragon drool. The, there's a jewel inside the the belly of the crate dragon, and yeah. uh, the Tuscans take that. I think the Tuscans take some of the meat, but we get this moment of you know, like the ja- the Jawas, quote unquote. And even pick. one scene away, we find out what happens to the ribs of it. Yes, we do, and and, and we get like the Jawas will pick this clean. Well, they were the you know, sort of last ones. Uh, at least the skull was left over at that point. Exactly, and they got it, and I love that they have it, and I love how much they love it. Then we get yes. Din Djarin parking his car where he's not allowed to. Yes. Classic. And then we get the did you de- notice, like did you notice the deputy there, by the way? His the the back of his jacket, there's a V. Like Marshall Vanth. Uh I thought that was an interesting little so you're like, okay, this guy, he's you know, like this is this is clearly this is clearly somebody who may not be long for this world, I guess, is like my original thought, right? Of like, oh yeah. Like, I don't know. And, you know, and then, of course, he's a he's a good foil. Right. Mando's Mando's like same thing. Uh, Gamorian, you know, tries to give him some fuzz. And this guy's like, hey, 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 you can't park that here. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said, you can't park that here. Yeah, exactly. And Jaren's like, no, no, I know Cobb Vance. He's like, everyone knows Cobb Vance. The easy name drop from earlier doesn't work. Yeah. And Cobb Vance's like, no, nah, actually, this guy's good to park wherever he wants. <laughs> and they go into the bar where we see the bar now has a little bit of redesign. The bar yes. is also from the earlier Cobb Vanth episode where we first see Boba Fett's armor, yes. except it doesn't have these neat ribs on the side of it. And now they've put the ribs into the building oh, to make it look so all cool. cool. So yeah. cool. I, I really like hope this bar. ends up, I hope this ends up in, or one of these things ends up in like a, a, a Disney park or some sort of experience. Like, you know, we also find out too in this sequence that it's no longer called Mos, uh, Mos Pelgo. It's now called Freetown. Yeah, and Freetown people don't fight no more. Freetown yeah. people just want to enjoy their freedom and they don't want to be a part of this battle. Although it seems like an easy thing to me to be like, you're going to be in it whether you like to or not because it's about your territory. To- totally. But they find a way to just go, no, no, you guys figure it out. We're just be here regardless. Yeah, and, and like, and we do get from uh, the the Queequeg, uh bartender who was in um, was in that first episode in chat in um, season season two chapter nine um we get the i just love the that that's a city folk per you know that's a city folk problem we're town folk and uh and like that's you know the town being in the name now the rebrand of it is like hey we're not we're not really worrying about this right and yeah uh, mando really like hey this is uh this isn't your problem now but it will be your problem. And I thought that was interesting, right? So we get a, a line from Obi-Wan to uh to Boss Nas, like a so the Yeah, exactly. The, the, the you know, the the Gungans were not really taking the threat uh serious. And so there's a lot of, you know, hey, we're all connected. So we get a little bit of that yeah. from Jin, from from Din. And I think that in one of the deleted scenes, I think it was in it may have been in Alex from uh Star Wars Explained mentioned it. He loves Biggs. And I think Biggs in one of the deleted scenes tries to convince Luke to join uh, the rebellion and, and says something similar to, you know, like they, uh, it may not be your problem now, but it will be in the future. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I really like the, I think that's a central, whether or not a central, but I mean, like that's a thread that's been pulled through star Wars an awful lot. And uh, we get to see that here with, with basically Cobb sort of passing, um, but trying to sort of, of at least be like, okay, well, you know, you are a good dude. You did help me out with that whole crate dragon problem. Yeah, exactly. But they still don't exactly sign on, but they're just like, hey, but we do both respect what we do. We yeah. respect each other. Din Djarin leaves. Uh, outside, in the distance, the deputy and everyone notice the thing. And Cobb's like, hey, get inside, everybody. Yeah. And, and we see that it's uh, it looks like I'm like, oh, look, Clint Eastwood's here. You know, like the yeah. guy's totally fistful of dollars looking man in the distance yeah which if you're a big star wars fan you already know who this is yes but if you're not you have still have no idea who it is <laughs> this gentleman walks all the way up and of course as he does he very threateningly lets them know he's here he's going to have a presence in their town he's going to control this area and he's going to help the pikes with the spice runs 
and he looks up and very clearly this is Cad Bane yes. from Bad Batch cartoons from Clone Wars. Yes. This and, is this is this is all the crazy or I mean everybody if everybody's been speculating about who we will see and this has been the 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 moment we've been waiting for as far as a Boba Fett payoff. So, yeah. They have very a, much this is what was history. expected. Yeah. This is this is a big one. And he keeps asking what his name is. He never says his name throughout this episode, yeah. which I really felt like was a bit of a, a bummer because the reveals fully revealed to those in the know, those out of the know don't get quite all the reveal. But yeah. also the deputy, much like uh, I'm trying to think who's with Andy Griffith. Oh, um, uh, Barney. It Barney very, can't catch a, a hint. Yeah, it was yeah, a very Barney moment. Forward. Yeah. And Cat. Cad Bane lets his presence be known, shoots the deputy a whole bunch of times. I don't think he's alive. And yeah. then he, I only catch him really shooting Cobb once. It looks like a low shot. We don't know if he's alive or dead. So it looks like it, hits he him, was a, it, looks like it hits him in the shoulder. And, yeah. and part of the reason it hits him where it hits him, um, it would have probably hit him right in the heart. But the, deputy, the deputy's attempt to interfere might actually have saved Cobb. Uh, yeah. So when he turns, and, and I think it, that changes his position. Um, so that I think so, and he only shoots Cobb once, and then he shoots the deputy, and yeah, uh, he shoots him multiple times, which I loved because it was a an oh, extra disrespectful, times. like oh yeah, uh, you know, kind of a like bam, 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 bam. I'm gonna like shoot you as many times as I can. Well, just like in uh, Zombie Land, where like you got to double tap yeah. to make sure they're dead. Yep. It was like let's go for seven. Yeah, let's go for seven <laughs> taps. This guy, make sure he's super dead. And so we're not really sure what the state of Cobb Van's health is. And now we're totally in a different scene with the pike. Uh, we have two pikes entering. Gra- was it Garza One? Flips? Yes. Wait, 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 wait. So somebody says get a stim. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that is uh, is like a, a health pack or like, you know, or some sort of healing thing that mm. you usually see in Star Wars games. Um, so I think that it was in Force, it was in Force Unleashed. And, and it's so I, I so think it's letting the- you know he's not fully dead if we're yeah. going to go princess bride terms yes we're going princess bride terms so he might be dead but he's he's only mostly dead he's not all the way dead uh perfect and then uh really quick boba fett's reputation gets brought up by cad bane in that he is a cold-blooded killer who worked for the empire right so again mm-hmm. freetown has no love for the empire um, and, and so I, I thought that was a, an interesting bit because we've seen Boba trying to change his perception, the whole uh-huh. series. <laughs> and so this is a, a moment where his past is sort of catching up with him in, in one way. Um, uh-huh. and so I thought that was a, I thought that was a nice little bit. Um, I also loved the very CAD line was you should have kept your armor, um, uh-huh. has lots of different meanings in this context. Right. Uh, and, um, and I, I think that was a, a super, super great thing that was there. It's, you know, could. Yeah. Could which average- you do notice Cobb Van throughout this episode gets disrespected a lot. And he yes. does mention he got respected much more when he was wearing Boba Fett's armor. Totally. And not even like for the, there is, I'm sure somewhere like that might be Boba Fett, but it's also, they just know they can't shoot through this armor. Yes. And he does mention he does miss his armor. Yeah. So then we get to the pikes. So. Yeah, two pikes walk into a bar. It's the beginning of this joke. It's uh, <laughs> They say, you want your helmets clean? They say, no. You know, we get a good shot of all the same characters we watch in the same bar yeah. throughout the whole series. It's become like, they always introduce it a little more Isley, but it's also a lot of regular business. Very yeah. well lit. It looks and they nice. Switch, they switch. They do switch up little bits here and there. Like there is, uh, there's a, a Snaggle. I think the the character was called Snaggletooth, but I forget the race. But there is a there is a character yeah. at the bar that's a little bit different. So they are kind of like shifting around things. But every time we go in, you know, it's it's mostly the same uh, Easter eggs and stuff that are on offer for sure. And we do see Max Rebo's band, but we do not see Max Rebo. Yes, very important fact. And uh, exactly. We see that he's got a drummer that's got many arms, which I appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) And then the pikes pull out a bomb or they, they put it on the table pretty blatantly, but they activate it. No, no. Well, it it was, it was like, so I think, okay. So I, I did watch this. I did watch this twice. 
So maybe uh-huh. they they walk in with the camp with the Camtono that we've normally seen yeah. as sort of the the Mando universe version of a suitcase. And it is for, at sure. least for us. It is the suitcase of money. And so, yeah, we carry credits in it mostly. Yeah. Mostly or Beskar, you know, but valuable things. And if you, I think when they watch, when they walk in the, the um, Pike that is sitting on the, on the right-hand side of the screen, puts it down by his feet um, down on the other side. So it's not on the table. Um, and then they like kind of hang Which out. Which is for, very Jackie Brown. Yes. And they, they like kind of hang out for a moment long enough that the protocol droid asks them for an order long enough that the twi- uh, the Twi'lek, the male and female Twi'lek can ask if they want their helmets shined. Uh, and then they decide, peace out, we're done. Yeah. No, actually, we're going to leave, but the Cantino stays. Yes. And it, it blows up the bar, which I immediately was very sad. You're like, yes. wait, they're all gone. They're yeah. gone now. Um, but also, as everyone on the internet's pointed out, if you're ever working at a place and Max Rebo calls out for the day, you call out too. This guy <laughs> has no showed a couple straight tragedies. He's got a sense, man. Max Rebo knows when to not be somewhere. Oh, yeah. And we don't know if that's a power or not, but I definitely <laughs> I think that's a telling thing. They seem to know that like we w- want him alive as just fans. Yeah. Yeah, but also, and- yeah, for sure. If I was his coworker and I was like, hey, is Max in today? Like, oh, I'm actually Max's fan and I'm a robot with eight arms and I drum. I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling sick today, too, man. I better get out of here before anything happens. You could take this all on your own, right? You don't need me. Uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got a friend that plays the weird flute, but he does solos over my drumming perfectly. So this is going to work out. Like, oh, great. <laughs> Let me know how that turns out. But then, and uh, this- so... This is an interesting, I mean, it was a really an interesting moment, right? Like, because yeah. we, we have, you know, so you were talking about, I interrupted you, but uh, so we've been talking about Garza Fwip. We don't really know where Garza Fwip is, uh, you mm-hmm. know, as far as the alignment. Um, and, and this really does kind of change what we, what we know about or see as, as her alignment within what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know if she's done any sort of, it looks like she just lets all the bartering happen in her bar. Yeah. And maybe that's why they want it gone. And for all we know, she made a barter herself. They went the wrong way. Maybe we'll get those answers next episode. Even if we don't, we know that's not a location where people can safely barter these things anymore. No, no, totally. But I mean, like, I, I guess the thing for me was, you know, and this is you know, to, to allow us to come all the way back to the Boba Fett thread uh, of the storyline for the series. Uh, we, I think we thought that the, the mayor, uh, Mokshez and Garza were, were on the same page. Uh, and yeah. this definitively tells us that Garza Whip is not on that page, at least with being aligned to the Pikes no. or, or the Pikes are just like, yeah, we're just going to take pot shots at whoever we want. That's also true. They might just be causing some chaos. So now we get to the Sophie's choice of the Star Wars universe. Yes. Where Luke Skywalker what pulls out happen? the cutest little chain mail I've ever seen. You know, like, yes. I was like, is this what people who do LARPing give their infants? <laughs> pulls out the, it's like the tiniest <laughs> little shirt. And he's like, see, look, the Mandalorian brought you a shirt, you know, like, and he was like, oh, sweet. I love Mandalorian and shirts. And then he's just like, but here is Master Yoda's lightsaber. Yeah, which is like, like, oh my God. Which I want to give to you, exactly. Which is just like, oh no. And so it's just like, are you going to go with your bonds or are you going to go with your training? Yeah. Uh, Real moment. Whereas like, you're going to have to choose, you know, like, and luckily he doesn't speak any words so we can get a close up of his face before we go to credits. (laughs) But it was like, it's a real real choice that's the end of the episode now it's and we're left with a cliffhanger with one episode left but i as a fan i'm like well that's not fair because you had your bonds with leia and han and yoda let you go do your bidding to save them before finishing your training at the end of empire although you lost your hand in the deal there's no way to tell the luke skywalker story without in the middle of my training, I had to leave to help my friends, which is exactly what's going on with Grogu. Totally. 100%. So neither of us have kids, but uh, I think we've probably had, we've probably heard 
our friends have their parents say to them, I hope your kids put you through what you put me through. Uh, yeah. And, and I really feel like that Grogu is, is set up in a situation to put Luke through what uh, Yoda was, was put through. Right. Which, so if he does choose, uh, if he does choose his bonds, he does choose to be a foundling, um, you know, that's going to be something that, that kind of puts him in that frame. But I thought it was, I thought it was really interesting that it was put there in as a choice. So like you said, yeah. like the, the, the interesting thing is that there are, there were all these little bits of pieces that we could see of attachments, Luke's attachment to, to Grogu being Yoda's, the Yoda species uh, was yeah. definitely there, right? He's sort of pushing him in that way. Um, so I think you're right in that that's the, the sort of the interesting part. The thing I, I don't know what to do with yet. And again, like we don't speculate a ton or anything like that, but there is a person in the Star Wars universe who didn't have to pick in this situation, who was both Mandalorian and Jedi, and that is Tar Vizsla. And exactly, which you're like, wait a second, is this going to be the second Tar Vizsla combination we've ever seen? Yes. So like the, the, the interesting thing, right. The false dichotomy, like, is this, is it, you know, what I think you're saying too. Right. And then so we're saying the same sort of the same thing in different ways is Luke is setting him up for a choice, but there is no, or there doesn't need to be a choice. Uh, you could be both of these things. And I think now that could very well be exactly what happens. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for any of those three choices. Totally. A, B or C, all of the above. Yep. And so at that point, we're now, what did you think of the episode? So uh, one, I will just say for loyal listeners, this was the culmination of the entire time we've done any of the episodes because I was saying in our first episode was chapter nine. So season, season two, you know, uh, season two. It's true. This is your validation for standing up for Cobb Vanth way back then. I stood up for Cobb Vanth and I, it has it has looked like a utter mistake on my part. And finally, that's true. It's blown up in your face repeatedly. And right now I'm <laughs> laying all cards on the table. I fold. so happy he's here. So all I could say is that if I were to say anything against this episode, it would be just an incredibly hilariously bad thing for me to do. But it would be classic Star Wars fan. Right. I'm going to talk to you about how much I love this episode and then I'll tell you how much I hate it. Um, but yeah. But yeah, so the seeing seeing Cobb come back being like somewhat right in that where I was like, okay, whoo, like I do understand, you know, from a longer view what's going on. And then uh, and then to get the action that we had in the episode, I thought it was great. The, the thing the thing that kind of blows my mind. So I think this is a 10 out of 10. Okay. But, uh, and, and the, the Luke, the, the quality of Luke that we got where it was, a, was it, if we had the Luke from chapter 16, I don't think we get the emotional connections. I don't think we get the play between Ahsoka. So that is a major, major piece in, in being able to communicate that, that part. Um, the thing that's, that's a little bit funny is, you know, books have this idea of having an interlude. This is something Alex on Star Wars Explains talks about is like these sort of interludes that you had. You didn't you didn't notice those as much when you were in a series called Clone Wars because it was Clone Wars and the interlude yeah. still pointed back to the name of the show. Uh, and so I loved this, but I like part of me now is just like, man, if this was just called like the continuing stories of Star Wars, um, I don't think we would have any of i wouldn't have any of the conflicted emotion that i have because i'm like okay i got this amazing episode but i really came to this party to see boba fett and i only got well, to see him once in, in my defense because yeah. i'm boba fett and boba fett's defense <laughs> he's less is more has been the boba fett thing the whole time we only had a couple minutes of boba yes. fett in the entire thing and it was so popular and his two best episodes are when he got that amount of attention in the same you know, like everyone's like, he's talking too much. And they're like, all right, let's put him in two episodes where he doesn't show up at all or barely talks. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, this is the best. <sighs> um, so it is very Boba Fett of him to not even be in the room for the majority of two episodes. Also, so as a Boba Fett fan, it wouldn't be a high ranking. But as a Star Wars fan, it's 10 yeah. out of 10. And so I'll take 10 out of 10. It's like watching, if you're an Eagles fan, it's like watching then win the Super Bowl, but it's with the backup quarterback. Yeah. This is the Nick Foles this game. This is the Nick Foles of... game. Yes, yes. <laughs> and 
so I think that it's just that. We're just like, no, 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 it's great. It's still absolutely everything I ever wanted. It's just not the face of the person I want it. It's yeah. just a different helmet. But I was in no time missing the other helmet. So I was like, no, this is the best. This is 10 out of 10 chainmail shirts from Hot Topic or whatever. All American <laughs> Jedi boy. Oh, man. I wish I wish Hot Topic had chainmail shirts for sale. Now that they put this in a TV show, you about to watch them. You're about yeah. to watch little chainmail shirts. Well, you know, like the thing I think is interesting, right? If you were to do the inverse. So there's been jokes about this being like the Mando- Mandalorian season 2.5. Um, mm-hmm. And so to a certain extent, if you had called this the Mandalorian and there were like four episodes of Boba Fett being drug around the desert by Tuscans, people would yeah. be absolutely incensed that, you know, like they'd be, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like at the door of Skywalker ranch that, you know, like pitch for, you know, like uh, Beskar spears and, uh, and torches. But so I think there is, you know, at least the fact that, it has the Boba Fett moniker that is maybe a mm. little bit, a little bit of a softening of it. I think you're, so I had not until you said that, I'm glad you waited to, to what we were recording to say that that is the mm-hmm. most amazing observation is Boba Fett has always been the perfect badass in the background. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think it's on, on one of yeah, the he's shows just looming a room yeah. away. Yeah. And that's when he's at his best. And I think that's what this is. And it's bringing us to all of this attention. It's the heist movie, except we're watching all of the people. It's Charlie's angels. We're watching the angels right now. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome. I think it's super cool. And I, just cause I want some recording. I think Dave Filoni has a Beskar armor for his star Wars reputation right now. Totally. Or totally. only Dave Filoni can pierce it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only only Dave only Dave can make the spear that would actually pierce uh, his armor. His so. his own reputation, absolutely. <laughs> so Andy, I gotta ask, man, is this the way? Um, according to the most Pelgo territories map, yes. <laughs>